Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Studios, it's the Press Box Summer Edition. Yeah, old lady! Ed Graney. I'm not surprised the only women you see naked are in magazines. Tyler Bischoff. Again, this is really not my field. On ESPN Las Vegas. Here we go. It's Ed, Tyler, and Jared. It's a Wednesday, right? Lose track after I go to parades. <laughs> parades just threw your whole week up. off? Huh? Parades just throws your whole week off. Yeah, it did. It did. Oh, well, it was, yeah. Too bad. Too bad for you. I know we're going to talk about were it. Were you just out uh, there vibing? I was out there vibing. Out there uh, out there dancing. Ed was definitely four shots deep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It might have been four lines four in lines? terms of how many lines of people there were. Okay, I was going to say, thank you for please clarifying that. There were four lines of people when, there. When you say lines. No, no, no. Four lines of people. That was on the bus before they get, got in the parade, Jared. Come on. Good Lord. The first bite. Has Derek Carr been the Raiders' biggest problem this season? Not according to any of his coaches. Oh, up a man. Oh, man. Mick uh, Lombardi, the yeah. offensive coordinator, yesterday he said he had no critiques of Derek Carr and said, quote, I thought he threw the ball great. Well, probably what we expected him to say, right? Is Okay, here's, here's the question, though. Is he just saying that and being nice publicly so there's not some sort of, hey, the coach said something bad about Derek Carr headline? Yeah, I think so. Or do you think the coaching staff actually believes that did they watch the film i don't know i'm Josh sure they Daniel did says they still need to learn how to win he's been I mean, saying he's that for two days zero and two and he's been outplayed by two better quarterbacks uh so yeah i think um and we go back to the patriots way i think when it comes to these things uh lombardi if you listen to him every tuesday he's gonna go which is fine that's kind of how he chooses to go to the positive route with this stuff he he does not go at any time um negative or or suggesting guys didn't play well. I mean, this has kind of been him since we've been talking to him. If Derek Carr did not complete a pass in a game, not a single one, would Mick Lombardi say, ah, he played well, no critiques? Might have said he threw the ball well. <laughs> you can throw the ball well and not complete a pass, right? Depends on what happens on the other side of things. I guess. So this season, uh, Pro Football Focus has 34 graded quarterbacks. Derek Carr ranks 31st. Uh, the three that are worse are Dak Prescott, Justin Fields, and Baker Mayfield. Um, he has, just on the Raiders' offense, the second lowest pro football focus grade. Only Thayer Munford has a worse pro football focus grade. He does rank 16th in EPA per play. That's expected points added. That's a, that's a good analytic to look at. Uh, so he is a little bit higher in the actual expected points added department. But so far, Derek Carr... There should be some critiques of Derek Carr. Yes. And if he doesn't want to say them publicly, fine. But if that's what they're saying privately, there's some I issues don't think with the that's the case. Staff. I think they're hard on guys to try to get better. So let me ask you this. Would it hurt if Mick Lombardi or Josh McDaniels said publicly, Carr's got to be better? I mean, I don't think it would hurt because I, I don't think anybody, we, we go back to this with the Golden Knights, I don't think anybody would like faint if they said that yeah. or like care if they said right. that. It's like, okay, he you're 0-2, he's the quarterback. If you watch the games, he's been outplayed by two better quarterbacks. So if you come out and say that he needs to be better, what? Okay, I, I actually, fine. I actually think it might help. 
Like, I feel like that's the thing that Derek Carr would probably respond to. Like, oh, my quarterback or my coaches are saying publicly that I suck. Well, I feel like he might respond to that. I also think, uh, and he's done this before and we've talked about it, I also think he will come out and say he needs to play better. Right. I mean, every time they lose. He's the only one out there who says he's going to have to play better. Right. He, if they lost a game 52 to 45. And he had four touchdown passes, right. he, he would say he, he would still better. come in and say, ah, it starts with me. Right. That's right. on me. Because he could be like 28 of 29 and be like, ah, that one incompletion, yeah. that's on me. So he's always going to be. Oh, like unnecessarily like, ah, I'm the quarterback. I'm the reason, right. like whatever, which is fine. Right. I, I said it earlier in the week. We hear that a lot because they lose a lot. They've lost a lot with Derek Carr. But I just I, to me, I feel like the coaching staff, like it might be beneficial for Carr if the coaching staff actually came out and said publicly, yeah, he's got to be better. Yeah, we need Derek Carr to play better. We need Derek Carr to be as good as Justin Herbert, to be as good as Kyler Murray in these games for us to mm-hmm. win, because that is the reality, right? The way this team is built, Derek Carr doesn't have to be a top five quarterback in the league, but Derek Carr can't No, but he can't get... be the 31st of the 34 right. ranked by Pro Football Focus. He and can't he, be that. And he can't get outplayed most weeks. Right. Right. Like basically every week the Raiders play, if the other team's quarterback is better than Derek Carr, they're probably going to lose. Yeah. The way this team's built, they're they're probably losing. They're not winning games because of how well they run the ball. They're not winning games because of how great the defense is. They need the run game to exist and the defense to be fine, but Carr in the passing game has to be good is what's going to win games for yeah. this team. And so I don't like, I, again, I don't think it would be that bad. Mick Lombardi doesn't have to come out and, you know, yell and scream and cuss and say, Carr's got to be much better, but you can say it pretty calmly. Like, yeah, we need more from our quarterback. Right. I mean, they, they had a drive in the second half where they killed, what was it like 34 seconds off the clock? Where no, they the threw one, three the, straight incompletions. The one drive was nine seconds. Is it nine seconds? It not even nine 30 seconds? seconds? No. Came out, three straight incompletions, punted it back to Arizona. That's and a Arizona, gentleman's possession. And then Arizona went and scored in five plays. Yeah. It's like, that's that can't happen. Like, you can yell about the play calling or whatever, but this team should be able to call three straight pass plays and com- pick up a first down. Right. Complete one of them, right? At least make it a 30-second possession, not Instead a nine-second nine possession. possession. Right. Like, that's the expectation. When you put all that money into Carr, Adams, Renfro, and Waller, you you should be able to call three straight passes mm-hmm. and it not be an issue, even if you're winning in the third quarter, right? That shouldn't be a play-calling thing to say, hey, where are we doing? Now, here's the other interesting part. Derek Carr, last two seasons, was very good throwing the ball down the field. When he, it was, he started throwing it down the field more than he had in the previous three or four years, and when he did, was much better, right? The whole reason Nelson Aguilar had a big season is because he was the downfield threat and Derek Carr was willing to throw it that year. So far this year, Derek Carr has completed one of his seven passes when throwing beyond 20 yards. So here's my question to you. What's the bigger number that in two weeks Carr has only thrown seven passes beyond 20 yards or in two weeks Carr has only completed one pass beyond 20 yards. I mean, I think you have to throw it to complete it. So I would say the former, I would say the problem is he's not throwing deep. Is that the fault of the offensive line that we talked about so much and that he they, they don't expect well, to have time to throw it down the field? Yeah. I mean, I think it all goes together. What Who's calling the plays as well? Yeah. What are they calling? Uh, Josh McDaniels calls the plays. But I think it all goes together. Yeah, I think he's... 
I don't know if he's got happy feet at all yet, but um, with that offensive line, I think he looks to get it out quickly, and you look to get it out quickly. You're not giving your guys time enough to go deep. Right, and the idea of the short, the quick passing game, it sounds good, and the Raiders are probably going to have lots of games where they do really well, and they pick up a lot of yards with quick passing games where Adams, Renfro, and Waller have a lot of yards after the catch. But if they're going to rebound from 0-2 to be a playoff team, if they're going to contend this year for a playoff spot, they're going to have to win games because they hit Devontae Adams 30 yards down the field. They're going to have to win games because they got Waller open 25 yards down the field. That's going to have to happen. The way the Dolphins won when they came back and beat the Ravens was throwing the ball down the to Tyreek Hill. Right? The Dolphins went out and got Tyreek Hill, a big-name yeah. wide receiver, and then they just won a, had a comeback win because they were throwing it to him down the field. The Raiders are going to have to do that at some point. They're going to have to show we can have a downfield passing game. They're going to have to show this is not just, hey, we're throwing it short to Adams and Renfro and Waller and hoping something good happens from this. They're going to have to th- move it down I mean, the field. This is not good when he's the second lowest ranked uh player by P- PFF on their offense than yeah. Thayer Munford. Yeah, when you're looking who's around. He's not even the starter. Thayer Munford's the only one that's worse. That's not very good. No. When you have when you have a bad offensive line, and almost all of them except Munford are graded better than Derek Carr right now, it's not very good. No. So here's my other question on the offense. We're only two games into this season. How should we be looking at Josh McDaniels and evaluating him as a head coach? Like, does he deserve the benefit of the doubt that it's only two games into this tenure? Or should we be looking at it as he's a failed head coach who got a second chance? I give him the benefit of the doubt so far, but he has lost nine of his last ten. Yeah. He's lost nine of his last ten as a head coach. Now, two totally different teams, two totally different times. I get that. A lot of time in between. He went back to New England for a lot of years. But, yeah, he's got to start proving he can win as a head coach. He was 11 and 17 overall in Denver. And he had, well, I think they went eight and eight in his first year. Didn't make the playoffs. We went eight and eight, and then he got fired halfway through his second year. And now he's 0 and 2. Now that was basically a decade ago, right? Is what right. we're looking at. Right. So I, I just, I don't know the exact way we should be evaluating it because, in a sense, he is a first time, not first time, but it's his first year as first the head, year coach as head coach of this team. Right. Right. And, very rarely would you have a, hey, he's in his first year as head coach. They're 0-2. Uh-oh, this is not going to work out, right? Unless no. you're Nathaniel Hackett you don't know how to use timeouts. Well, and you don't know what timeouts are. Yeah, that's that's a different thing. McDaniels They're saying uh-oh not in Denver. Yes. But like very rarely would you go two games in and be like, wow, this guy is not going to work. But right. a decade ago, he didn't work as a head coach. We have that as evidence that he did not work as a head coach. And now they've lost two games in a row. And... It's not a Detroit Lions situation where Dan Campbell took over a bad roster and, you know, just had Jared Goff, a guy that the Rams traded an extra first-round pick just to get rid of, right? Josh McDaniels took over a team that went to the playoffs and then came in and spent a whole bunch of money. Spent a lot of money on a lot of big-time players. So He needs his guy. (laughs) He needs his um, uh, Tebow. He does need his Tebow. So I just... I feel like it's part of it. It's, okay, he's in his first year with the Raiders. It's only two games in. It shouldn't be like that big of a worry at the moment, but at the same time, he has a bad track record and he went all in on this year. Owen two is not very good. And well, Owen two is not really good when you're up 20 to nothing at right. that time. And I, I think, I think what I'm leaning towards being like fair, if they lose to Tennessee this weekend and they're Owen three, 
then I think it's legit. I think it's fair, really fair to be like, McDaniels might not work out. Like we have evidence that he didn't work out at the previous stop. And now he's 0-3 with losing to that Tennessee team. Not a terrible loss on the road, but it's not going to be a good loss. No, not if that, you watch them the other night. Right. That, I think I think if they're 0-3, that's when it's going to be fair to be yeah. like, oh, this Josh McDaniels thing. It, I'll give him the benefit of doubt so far. Yeah, I, I think like two games is very, very early. Three games is still early, but given what we've seen already from him in Denver, and now again, if they start 0-3 and, and, and you know you blow the 20-point lead, and then if you lose to that Tennessee team, it might be fair to say this McDaniels era might be a lot shorter than we were expecting. All right, coming up next, we'll stay in the NFL because guess what? Tom Brady has today off. Hey, sideline, run a pass. Hey, you got to let him know. Come on, commit to it. You got to let him know. Run a pass. Let's go. Got to let him know. Run a pass. Run a pass. Let him know. 9-6. Let him know. Run a pass. Let him know. Run a pass. Nice and loud. Pass. Back to the Press Box Summer Edition. I think Russell Wilson might be my least favorite teammate if I was an NFL player. Because of his uh, rah-rah speeches? Did you, that, what sound we just played was Russell Wilson, I'm guessing, mic'd up during the last Broncos game. He's sitting on the bench. Like, he's not standing on the side. He's on the bench and is yelling at everybody else on the sideline that they need to yell, run or pass to the defense when the other team runs or passes the ball. If I, and he called out the one guy, 9-6, he doesn't even know his name. Just random guy on the team doesn't even know his name. Hey, you yell out, run or pass nine, six. What it would be. I would be like, Russell, you've got like one touchdown in two games. How about you score? How about you pass? Yeah. How about you figure this out over here? Like, I don't think I would want to be on his team. Um, that I, he sounds like he'd just be annoying all of the time. I heard a great line on uh, the radio coming back last night from, the parade, and they said it would be like a major league uh, uh, dugout all yelling, back! <laughs> back! Back, back, back! <laughs> when they're going back to first base on the pickoff play, back, like little kids yell, back! It's I just can't imagine being on I can't imagine being like, like an eight-year NFL vet standing on the sideline, and Russell Wilson, who, again, is not engaged. He's not on the sideline doing it. He's on the bench over there. You just hear his voice behind you. Let him know, run or pass. I can't. Like, I, I, I can't up, uh, believe being number nine six. <laughs> this, guy's the, this guy's the leader of the team. He doesn't even know who I am. I mean, can you imagine that nine six? I'd look around and say, "Hey, my name's uh, Thomas." Oh uh, no, I I would literally I would just not respond until he. I get emails every once in a while from inside inside the company where they spell my name wrong. Those emails do not get replied to. Man, so I just couldn't imagine. I'd be like, I don't want to play with this guy. Get me the hell out of here. Did you see the TikTok where he's jamming on the air guitar recently? Yeah, no. Within the last on? two weeks, no. This was him at home, and he uh, went, "I need to make a TikTok." And it was uh, like, "No, God, you're a dork." Fortunately, Russell Wilson has not made it onto my TikTok feed. When he does, I might have to leave the <laughs> app for good. Be like, "You got this wrong." It's just so I don't know. It's just so lame. Yeah, like, I don't want to. I'm not doing anything you say. Um, By the way, our conversation about Derek Carr and if he's been the Raiders' biggest problem. Uh, Apparently, every week, David Carr, his brother, 
ranks the top 15 offensive players in the NFL. In the NFL. In the entire NFL, he ranks the top 15 offensive players. Officially, after week two, Derek Carr was dropped from the top 15 (laughs) by his brother, David. Oh. So, just so we're completely... Trouble on the home front. Completely on board here. Derek Carr was ranked as the 12th best quarterback in football by players. And there was also like a GM poll that had him the 12th best. But David Carr had him as the 7th best overall offensive player in the league to start the year. And then after he threw three interceptions in the first week, decided he's still in the top 15. But now he's dropped out of the top 15. But David Carr has him on his just missed list. So he's got him like 16, but he couldn't couldn't put him 15. Wow. But David Carr oh, dropping man. him out of the top 15 means he's really sucked. Yeah, he's really bad. He's been awful. Yes. If his brother is like, oh, I can't even put him in the top 15, yeah. that means he's been atrocious. I got I to gotta give it some time yeah. before people will forget about how bad he's been. <laughs> so to answer our he's question. He's still winning the MVP. To answer our first bite question, has Derek Carr been the biggest problem? Yes, if David Carr is not David Carr thinks so. Oh, he absolutely is. All right. Tom Brady is taking every Wednesday off. How do we get this gig? During the season. For the rest of the year, Tom Brady will not be at practice on Wednesdays. Today is Wednesday, so Tom Brady will not be there. Uh, That's a report from NFL Network. There was no... Official reasoning given, right? Other than it's just, hey, it's Tom Brady. He took that 11-day hiatus during training camp. This guy's trying to save his marriage. That's what's happening here. He's trying to save his marriage. He's also, I mean, he's also getting up there. He doesn't understand technology. He's throwing tablets. His body's old. He needs a day off. He absolutely understands technology. I know. He is probably top three <laughs> he owns in the a NFL. Crypto company. Exactly. <laughs> he's probably top three on social media in the NFL. Like the things oh, he yeah. actually puts out yeah. are funny. Yeah. Like he's much yeah, he's he, much better on Twitter than anyone gave him credit for yeah. when he started. Everyone thought he was a dork. He went on social media and disproved it. Meanwhile, Russell Wilson, everyone was like, oh, he's cool. And it, every time he opens yes. his mouth, everyone's like, he's like this guy's a dork. Let's stuff him in a locker. Yes. A hundred percent. So, but he is absolutely trying to save his marriage. He is. He got 11 days might off. I just want to stay time with the kids. You don't like kids, but he, got, he might love. He no, might like kids. He doesn't like the kids. I, he loves the kids. This is a, this is like a marriage counseling tip he got from whatever counselor they're seeing together be like well what if you took wednesdays off tom that's in the middle of the week you know tuesday's already the day off you know yeah two days in a row get 48 hours at home i i also just am and maybe this is just me being he's 40 something years old 45 yeah he's playing from the neck up anyway maybe just he practices he does the walkthrough I don't see the benefit of him practicing. No, he's not showing up at all on Wednesdays. No, I know. I'm yeah. saying give him Mondays off, too. Give him Monday. Unless they play on Monday and Thursday. Monday through Thursday, he gets to stay home with his wife. I'd argue if you're playing from the neck up, practice is even more important. Not practice, but being there, game Watching planning, film, and game planning is even more important. Then, than... let him, then let him wear one of those, like, visors. He doesn't need to go out there and actually, like, potentially get hurt. What, a VR? Is he doing VR training? Yeah. But no, he's that, that's, but that's the point. He doesn't. He doesn't want to spend any time with. Well, I don't know what he wants to do. Giselle doesn't want him to spend any time with the team on Wednesday. That's what this is. 
So you, he can't even do the VR practice. That's called a relationship. You got to make sacrifices. Yeah, football players don't do that. They sacrifice the relationship to play football. That's what happens. And he's the only one that's not doing it on Wednesdays now, trying to save his marriage. He's two and zero. Oh, they're, they're going to be great. I'm not. I don't even think it's going to impact the football team. No, I'm he's just, that good. It's time. He's like the hardest working. He yes. doesn't eat like fruit because he thinks it's bad for him. Yeah. He's like the he most drinks insane. more water than yeah. this studio could ever hold. People, people will literally say, "Oh, he's had cosmetic surgery," and it's like, no. When you look at him younger, he was eating carbs and strawberries. Yes. <laughs> now he doesn't. He's like, I am eating a packet of powdered cauliflower, yeah. and that is my meal for the day. I can almost guarantee if you told like thirty-five-year-old Tom Brady, "Hey, you're just going to skip Wednesday practice," he'd be like, "Hell no, I'm not." He'd be like, "I'm showing up even earlier now." No Good chance. Point. Yeah. This is so anti-Tom Brady, and it's because he's trying to save his marriage. I still think I, he loves his kids. I think he, well, I think he still loves likes. his wife. Who wouldn't? It's, it's probably the kids that are causing the divorce. <laughs> man, you are really taking Jesus some leaps Christ, here. Christ, man. Taking some leaps here. It's not Giselle. It's the kids that are like, where's dad? Thought he was done with this football. Oh, thing. please. Taking some leaps of... Uh, I don't know what even to call it. Jared shaking, even Jared shaking the head. It's like, okay, we're we're skirting the line here. Am I supposed to not tell people that if your parents got divorced, it was your fault as a kid? I, I is mean, that a bad thing to tell people? I mean, I'm pretty sure the kid didn't choose to be born and didn't yeah. get to pick his parents. So it's sort of like the like, no, it's not their fault. They're just in a crappy situation. Nah, my parents got divorced when I was a kid, and it's your fault. Might as well be. Just, oh my God! All right, I, I probably sucked as a ten-year-old. I believe we have an open spot on on Friday. If you are some sort of like licensed counselor, please come on because apparently this week we're discussing Tyler's issues. Coming up next, Mike Gravala joins the show. So everybody needs to get over it and move on and quit trying to turn the tables. It's somewhat comical that they still want to bring us into this equation. I want somebody here to give me one example of what Oklahoma State had to do with this. All of the sun, none of the fun on the Press Box Summer Edition. Joining us now from the Las Vegas Sun is Mike Gramala. Good morning, Mike. Hello, How Mike. are you? Hey, guys. All right. Um, I have, we, we might get to some UNLV football, but I think we have more important things to do. How was covering a short parade last night? It was great. <laughs> it's, I mean, they won a championship uh, 48 hours uh, before that. So, I mean, the vibes were pretty good. All right. I don't know if we asked you this. No, we don't. Um, uh, I don't think he's been on since we had the debate. This is not specific about championship parades, just parades in general. Do you like them? You did ask me that. The oh, last okay. time oh I was completely and forgot. And I said, yeah. uh, I said, I don't know if I would want to attend one, but I yeah, I put you the like Thanksgiving the parade that, on, oh, that's on right. TV. That's right. That's okay. right. Okay. He um, does watch the Thanksgiving parade. That's right. You like the ambiance. That was that was your key <laughs> phrase there. Okay. Um, and for championship parades, it's a little different because um, it's like if you're a fan of the team, like it's. I think that's a legitimate event. Like the parade is is an event. The parade is not like commemorating an event, although it is commemorating a championship. The parade <laughs> itself is also an event that you like can go to, and there's a reason to be there, and you're actually like there's a purpose to it, and it's just a really good time. So I think a championship parade, um, yeah, like if, if if the Macy's parade at the end of it there was a rally, 
and like the Snoopy float gets up and is is drunk and is giving like a speech. <laughs> it might be uh, well, worth going to. Snoopy might have been last night. Speaking of uh, who was Snoopy give, last giving night? Some, giving some speeches. <laughs> uh, Mike, also important. What did you do in Connecticut for like four or five days when you were covering games three and four? I pretty much like what did I do personally? Nothing. I just you know waited for the next game. So like you just sat in like they had two games off between three and four. You just sat in your hotel room in what city is that? Oh, Uncasville. No, I didn't. I didn't have a hotel room. I my my parents live oh. in that oh, area. You didn't even oh. stay in Connecticut. Yeah, so I know I I drove home. I slept on my parents' couch for a few days. I got to see my family, um, so that was like an unexpected uh, bonus, if you want to call it that. Wow! How far from parents. how far from Unkinsville were you? About an hour, but it's oh. a really nice drive. You know, had you been to this random city I'd never heard of before this trip to Connecticut? Yes, because uh, the Mohegan Sun Arena is attached to a huge um, Indian casino, which was basically the first casino in um, New England. So it's gigantic, and it's out in the middle of the woods in Connecticut, and a lot of people go there. They have concerts there. I've been to many concerts there. They have the casino. They have restaurants. It's, a, it's sort of a big um, – so the town is small, but it's basically that casino is everything there. So I have been there before. Um, and it's nice. Like that was, I was there for the Aces' first game in 2018 uh, wow. when they moved to Las Vegas. Their first game was on the road at Connecticut. I went to that. Um, so yeah, it's it's sort of a happening spot, even though it's uh, in the middle of nowhere. So, all right, I, this was the part I was trying to figure out with how random where the Connecticut Sun play is. Who goes to those games? Like they're not in a very big city. Do people actually drive from like an hour plus away to go to the Connecticut Sun games? I'm not sure. I know that they did draw a pretty good crowd. I would say maybe like nine, ten thousand for those two games. Um, it's close to Hartford. It's close to um, uh, Norwich, Bridgeport, like a, a bunch of like smaller like cities. But there are there is there are people around. So you know, I, the same people that go to the games uh, around here. You know, it's basketball fans. Um, it's women. It's kids. Uh, and they were they were pretty loud. I, I can't say, uh, you know, from my experience, I've been there for three games now, and the crowd was great all three times. So they must be coming from somewhere. <laughs> so what the was woods. it like? What was it like covering a championship game? It was really good. You know, I was thinking like, when was the last time, you know, I covered something that was like so joyous as like that championship celebration? And it was as the UNLV um, beat reporter for the last decade. <laughs> exactly. So I was thinking about it. And when the selection Sunday for the UNLV women's basketball team uh, in March was also pretty great to cover. Everybody was happy and, you know, sort of a, a celebration. So the last two things that were actually uh, kind of fun were the women's basketball both times. So, you know, they're sort of leading the charge here in this town. Oh, man. Poor UNLV basketball. All right, here's some UNLV football for you. Are you going to be covering something joyous and fun like a bowl game this year? You got to think so, right? Ed does. The, oh, yeah. I, we talked about this last night. Of, yeah, I mean, they're 2-1. and one. They're going to Utah State. That's a game that they, I don't know if you want to say should, but they definitely could win it, and you might even say they should win it with the way they're scoring right now. Um so yeah, if you're two and one and you have a mount, you have all of your Mountain West games remaining, 
and that's where you should really be picking up a lot of your wins. The Mountain West doesn't look very good this year. Like two and one is a great place to be. Three and one, and we can all start booking our trips to uh, I don't know, whatever random city they're going to be playing in on December twenty seventh. Uh, so they would have to go. They'd either either have to upset Notre Dame, which might be possible, or they'd have to go four and four in the Mountain West to get to a bowl game. They have done that three times in the 24-year history of the Mountain West. Is it simply the Mountain West is so bad this year that you think they can do it, or is this an actually like different UNLV football team that might actually be worth something this season that we haven't seen in over a decade? I think it's both. I think if you tell me that Doug Brumfield is going to be healthy for the next nine games and he's going to take you know 99% of the snaps the rest of the way, of the meaningful snaps, uh, then... I'll take their chances because their receiving core is just legitimately good, whether the Mountain West is is up or down this year. Their receivers are going to get open against anyone. And if you're telling me Doug Brumfield can deliver the ball at uh, at a somewhat consistent rate, they're going to win these games. Like They're going to win some games that are maybe shootouts. or um, I'm still concerned about them in close games. We haven't seen them win a close game, I don't think, ever. But... (laughs) If, if if they can clear that hurdle and maybe get one and then you win three blowouts, like there's four wins, you know, New Mexico still on the schedule, Hawaii on the schedule, Nevada. Like there's there's games that they should probably are going to be favored in. So, yeah, I mean, two and one, this is – they're on their way. And if they get to three and one, like I said, it's it's a done deal. Done deal. Oh, man. Done deal. They'd only be halfway there. Done deal. Wow. <laughs> right. I like it. I like uh, it. You kind of alluded to this. Doug Brumfield, top three, four, six quarterback in the Mountain West. What do you think he ends up at the end of the season? I don't know exactly how to, to parse out the, the rankings and the numbers, but I just know that this is better than any quarterback I've seen at, at UNLV in, in 10 years in terms of like throwing the ball, you know, since probably since Caleb Herring had that, that year. Um, yeah, like to have a quarterback who can step back, drop back in the pocket, and you know, without having a gimmick play call or the threat of a run or something like that, who can just drop back and scan the field and throw it short, intermediate, long, and just hit guys in stride. Like that's a sight to see. So I don't know where he, exactly he ranks, but I know for UNLV in the past decade, he's probably if he's not number one, he's he's closing in on number one pretty fast, right? Even after only five games, uh, yeah. I mean, I I'm not gonna like I said the Fresno State quarterback got hurt. Um, so we were talking about this yesterday where he ranks. I don't know if there's a lot of great. I mean, Boise's even had problems with their quarterbacks. There's change in their quarterbacks left and right. So uh, if he continues to play like this, heck, I think top three is doable. Um, the one thing I I don't know if I worry about, but the, even the Idaho State game, the North Texas game. How do you look at view them defensively? Because I think if they can get into the Mountain West, there's going to be a few games where they're going to have to score a lot of points. The secondary is pretty bad. Like they're not going to cover anyone. It looks like this year. Um, but they one thing they have been good at is getting into the backfield. Like we've seen them, they're ranked uh, uh, in the top ten or wherever it is in, in sacks per game, the top ten in sack rate or thereabouts. So, and it's coming from a bunch of different players. So it's a combination. It looks like a scheme. They've got some players who can just win up front. And uh, what's been sort of a, an interesting thing to note is how many short yardage stops they've gotten already this year, where it used to be 
third and inches or third and one or fourth and one against UNLV defense was pretty much a gimme. You just hand off the ball and it goes for a first down and you probably get many more yards than that. But they've already got a handful of times where teams have tried to convert those short yardage plays and they've completely stuffed it. So there's something going on up front where they look competent and maybe even better than competent. The secondary is a problem. Teams that are able to protect the quarterback for a little bit and allow them to throw downfield, they are going to feast on this team. But that's something that with Doug Brumfield and UNLV's receivers, you might be able to match. So those aren't automatic losses just because other teams are going to be able to throw the ball on you. Those used to be automatic losses for UNLV, but I think they've got the offense that can at least give you a shot in those kind of games. Uh, what'd you eat while you were in Connecticut slash your parents' house? Home cooking, man. The whole time? Yeah, just homemade peanut butter sandwiches. <laughs> um, homemade uh, Lay's potato chips. It was great. Homemade? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mike. My mom opens the bag, sprinkles them on the plate. You're the best. Mike Kravala from the Las Vegas Sun. As always, we appreciate it. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, guys. Mom making the sandwiches. Oh, man. Good for him. Homemade peanut, peanut butter. butter sandwiches and with Lay's homemade Lay's potato chips. Just peanut butter. He did not say jelly. We no. are fully aware we, of that. Yep. Just the peanut butter. Uh, and potato chips. Oh, he's special. All right. We got tickets to give away. If you want to go to October Beer Fest at Ellis Island Casino in the Front Yard Beer Garden, it includes Oktoberfest style dishes on Saturday, September 24th. Call it now. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. Two tickets to October Beer Fest at Ellis Island Casino. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. We'll take caller number five for two tickets to October Beer Fest at Ellis Island Casino. Give it up one more time for Amaya's mom! Yerika! I am happy! <laughs> oh, she ain't done. It's no longer Amaya's mom. It's Amaya Legends' mom. Oh, that just happened. Okay, baby, we see you, Erica. You're listening to the Press Box Summer Edition. Erica Hamby announced that she's having a second child yes. at, at the, the Aces end. Championship Parade. Right at the end, right? Uh, which seems like a good place to do it, right? Let everyone know, I guess, you're on the team. Yeah, I mean, yeah that's what I would do there. So... Cabby, which, I don't know if you would do that the way you feel about children. Well, I wouldn't have one, but if I'm going to make a fun announcement, that's what I'm going to do it. Um, here's here's a question for you, though. She said the baby's name is Legend. Is that a boy or a girl? I thought... Uh, that's unisex. I thought boy. Mm, I don't know. I. What's the girl's name? Amaya? Amaya. Amaya and Legend. I'm going to go boy. So, so she probably knows... Uh, the sex of the baby at this point. And that was that was sort of the key here because we're now extrapolating out how long is she gonna be unavailable next season. Because if it was if it was nine months from now, she'd be out until late June. Right? I, I don't maybe the playoffs. But if she already knows the gender of the baby, then obviously she's farther along than zero months, right? Right. She, right. I don't know. I think that's you had children. What how long does it take before you know the gender of the baby? Weeks eighteen to twenty. That's on Google. <laughs> That's from WebMD. That's not from Jared's <laughs> personal experience. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> so, if that if she does know the gender, she could be quite a ways along, and she could be back she early be back, in the season yeah, next year. Exactly. Right? So, but again, maybe 
Legend is a unisex name, like Jared said. Maybe she just said, whatever, the baby's going to be named Legend. How about the gender reveal? What will be? This team is this team right now is the hottest thing going. So how would you do the gender reveal? It should have been yesterday. If she knew. Right. It, like the gender like she The gender reveal, sung. you know those did you see at the parade the um streamers popping up yeah. at, at each whenever anyone talked? <laughs> yeah. It could have been blue or pink. You right. could have done that. You could have oh. said, Hey, it's legend and then yeah. and then they all like popped up. A gender you have reveal to do, party. Wouldn't you have, have to been. do like black or red with the team colors? Then everybody uh, would be confused. Yes, I know. <laughs> They'd be like, "Well, we don't know." Well, what's and then here. then they follow up with, "Oh, but the name is Legend. Is that a boy or <laughs> right?" Like, you still wouldn't know. Still would have no idea. But I, if they were going to do a gender reveal party, it should have been last night. All right. Like that's that would have I mean, been the perfect play. Like you have a crowd there, they would have lost it. Yeah. Everybody would have lost, regardless lost of what would have happened, they already did. Yeah. And plenty of firefighters and police there. So if you start a fire, <laughs> as gender <laughs> reveal parties tend to do, They're ready to put it out. They had two fire trucks. Uh, where did you park? Uh, Flamingo. And how big of a nightmare was it for you? Not at all. Really? Flamingo, uh, self-park. In and out? Yes. Wow. Uh, sixth floor. Uh, went to the top, so I knew there were spaces I can get in. Now I had to get home to write the column. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, sixth floor. Walk, walk down, uh, go down the elevator, walk across the street, then up the street to... Uh, uh, Las Vegas Boulevard crossed. There was no one uh, uh, either way because the strip was closed, so that was good. And uh, right in there, got there really early though, because I didn't know what it was going to be like. They always scare the heck out of you with these notices <laughs> about these. And my wife told me, Bonnie told me, she goes, "You're going too early," and she's always right about these things. And still, I went too early. And then by the time I got to where the media stood, I'm like, "Oh, all right, it's ten to four. This doesn't start until five thirty. So, uh, and it's hot. Um, so yeah, just stood around and talked to the media members we both know and everyone's doing live shots and Kevin Bollinger was, I think he did a live shot every six seconds. He was up there doing, <laughs> man, he was they, drunk. I mean, they were, the, Fox five was all over this, uh, had my review journal colleagues there. Uh, Cassie and Sam were actually across the street, um, overhead. Oh, they were Dre's. Yeah, they were Dre's, top. so they were doing really well up there for the Review Journal. <laughs> they were doing really uh, well. They were. I mean, I saw Sam. It's weird because I went after the um, after the parade when I walked back to get to the car to get home to write. Sam was pulling out, uh, so they enjoyed it. They enjoyed the parade. Who was the MVP of the parade? Who was the best person on stage? Oh. I have to go with Sisolak only because I've never seen the governor bark. Okay. A little strange, isn't it? A little weird. It's an election year. Yeah. <laughs> it's an election year. What's his approval rating woof, after woof, barking woof, woof. on stage? Uh, <laughs> I mean, does that help him or hurt him? I'm not sure. Okay, we, we, hold we, on. We, we will see. I feel like Do we normally need to if give... I saw somebody barking, I'd be like, I don't know if I'm voting for Do that Do we guy. need to give equal time to everyone else's <laughs> bark? <laughs> I apologize. Because, <laughs> guys, we're not really allowed to talk about That's this right. without giving equal time right. to his well, 2,000 opponents. I was asked a straight question. I gave you a straight answer. Um, no, I mean, I thought it was it was an interesting uh, crowd on, on stage, let's be honest. So, okay. Do you think a key to the strip... Is a uh, cool thing. To I thought get. it was a key to the city, and then he said, "I didn't know the key to the strip existed." So here, here's the problem that Las Vegas has: nothing is in the city of Las Vegas. 
Right. The city of Las Vegas is just downtown. Yeah. The Strip is not in Las Vegas. Like, obviously, where the Aces play. Like, Did you know there was a in. key to the Strip? I think they've done it before where uh, they've given it to people. Obviously, not a championship parade. Uh, but I... I didn't think it, it just sounds weird. Like normally yes. you're like, oh, it's a key to Las Vegas, but you can't really do that because you're not actually in Las Vegas. That would be Carolyn Goodman giving it away. And she would have. She, yeah. Oh, yes. I'm surprised oh, yes. she wasn't there trying to claim something. She was in the in crowd Las- with yeah. the big key. Yeah. <laughs> in the crowd. <laughs> that would have been funny. It would have been. So I just, yeah, key to the strip. I don't, it just didn't seem that cool because it's like, what, what is the key? I'll open? just say this. And I wrote this today. Thank goodness TV's got the delay. Oh, that, that's TV. what I meant to ask. Because I didn't, I didn't watch it with sound because I had other things on my yeah, TV. sports with sound. on TV. What did they do? Because I saw clips on Twitter. And you couldn't have gone 30 seconds without no, something without being something dropped being in there. Something being said that uh, shouldn't have been said. Well, I mean, they were, let's say they appeared to be very happy folks <laughs> uh, as they're spraying the uh the crowd champagne or some Adam kind Hill. of alcoholic beverage. So the most important employee of every TV station last night was the person running the sound. Oh, running board. the delay. And just ready to, to dump yeah, it. Yeah, unless they have automatic delays. And yeah, they got to dump it like we do um, if, if something is said that shouldn't be said. I mean, I know in like TV trucks for live sporting events, there's somebody solely responsible well, for sound. overtime last night for those people. Right, and it's and it's on delay, so when they hear, if they hear a cuss word, they'll... They'll dump it, they'll, yeah. They'll, but they'll just try to dump that audio channel sometimes. Yeah, and, uh, you know, at the house, at the household, not happy because wanted to see, she wanted to see, you know, players, but you couldn't go to words, so didn't get to see many players. <laughs>